Good morning and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan and I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. I'm privileged to talk to you uh, each weekday at this time and we uh, are looking at texts from our college lectionary which you can find online if you go to houghton.edu and click on spiritual life and look down at the bottom of that page. And this week we're looking at texts related to the topic of vision because it's New Vision Week on our campus. And so uh, today's texts, if you would like to read them, are Psalm 63, 1-8, Isaiah 42, 18-25, and then John 9, 13-17, and 24-41. And uh, I'm going to speak today, uh, just give you a few thoughts on the text from the book of John. So if you'd like to read the other texts and then come on back, you can just pause the player at that t- this time and then do that. So let me start reading from the ninth chapter of John. I'll start in verse 24. And this is the Jewish religious leaders encountering the man who has been born blind that Jesus has healed. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind. They said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he's a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already. You would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we don't know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and you're trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. On Monday we talked a bit about needing to acknowledge that we haven't been perfect. And uh, that's a really important thing, to be able to reflect on the fact that you have not always carried yourself in a way that you're proud of. That even if you look at your life right now, there would likely be something that you're doing or saying or a way that you're acting or positioning yourself, a way that you're carrying on a particular relationship, um, some practice you're doing, whatever. Something you're doing that is not quite right. It's really important to be able to do that because often when we we 
can't do that, it means that we live in denial of what is obviously true. Does that make sense? Like when we have to hold on to something we're doing, uh, some, something we're doing imperfectly, when we have to hold on to this idea that we're perfect, we can't even look obvious evidence in the face if it points to the fact we're not perfect. Because we really want to hang on to that, that idea that we really are doing things right. That we really are kind of above reproach. In our lives, we just have this remarkable capacity for self-deception. And so we can look at a blue sky and we can convince ourselves it's gray. <laughs> if it suits kind of our underlying need for self-understanding and self-actualization. If I need to understand that I'm a, a right person, that I'm doing the right thing, then I will cling to all kind I will cling to that idea despite all the evidence to the contrary, despite the people that I've hurt along the way. And so maintaining this kind of tender heart, tender spirit to acknowledge I haven't always been right, even now I'm not always right, is so important because it lets us be honest with what is. So in this case, this is what happens with Jesus and this man, right? Jesus heals this man, and he, this has never happened before in the history of the world. And so this man knows this, right? This man who's born, been born blind. Since he was born, he has heard people say first to his parents and then to him, you're never going to see. That just can't happen. Like other people who become blind because of an injury or a, an old age or an illness, perhaps they could recover their sight. But a person who's born blind is just always going to be blind. No one has ever, ever heard of a man who's been born blind having his eyes open. And so this just never happens, but it happens to this man. And so for him, obviously, the answer about who Jesus is, like he's able to see the power of Jesus and to know that Jesus has come from God. It's the only thing that could make all of this make sense, right? This is a miracle that could only be done by someone who has a direct connection with God. This man can see it fine without any theological training whatsoever. But the Jewish leaders who need to maintain a picture of themselves as righteous, they have to find an alternative explanation to Jesus being from God. They can't admit that into their headspace or their heart space. They can't acknowledge that perhaps Jesus is from God because if they did, it would mean radically reevaluating themselves and who they are and beginning to put themselves in submission to his ministry, listening to him and making changes that he's telling them to make. And they can't do it, even though the obvious is staring them in the face. They can't acknowledge what is obviously true. And here's the scary thing for those of us who have various uh, degrees after our name and titles before our name. The Jewish leaders' training made it less possible for them to speak what is obviously true. They are not able to admit the obvious into the room. <laughs> They force a man out who has been the recipient of a great miracle, a person who has been closer to the activity of God than anyone in the history of the world. They make him leave the temple because they can't bear to be around him. And this happens time and again in the Gospels, right? Where Jesus is just bearing witness to what is true in such a way that their immediate impulse is, we have to put him to death. Because he's bringing us face to face with something that's obviously true. And if it's obviously true, it would demand we change. And we can't change. Why? Because if we change, we're acknowledging we haven't been the leaders we should be. And we can't let go of that. We can't let go of our self-righteousness. It's too painful. So I'm just 
encouraging you today. I don't know what that is in your life that you need to sort of take a look and say, wow, <laughs> this is obviously wrong. I hadn't seen it before, but now that I take a step back and look at it, I'm not proud of this. I wish I hadn't done this. I, 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 I boy, when I, when I did this or when I do this, it's making me farther from God rather than drawing me closer to God. It's really important to be able to say that. That's one of the reasons why every day at evening prayer on our campus we have a, a prayer of confession. So I can look other people in the eye and remind them, and by extension remind me, I'm a sinner. I have sinned against God and against you through my own fault <laughs> in my thought and word and deed. It's who I am. And only when I acknowledge that can I say what is obviously true. It opens my eyes to things that people can't see if we cling to that self-righteousness. And again, I know that the world is not split up into self-righteous people and humble people. That line also runs through each human heart. And so there's something in each of our lives where we need to be able to daily sort of give that up to God and sort of say, I trust you, God. Uh, I trust you. I, I, I don't need to be right. I want to know Christ in the end more than I want to be right. And so I yield that to you so that you can show me the good things that you want to do. See, that's the sad thing, right, for the Jewish leaders. Because they can't admit this miracle into their headspace and into their heart space, they can't admit this amazing, miraculous good news that the Son of God has come into the world and wants to bring life and healing and health to people. They have, because they can't let that into their headspace, they can't know the good news. And so they continue on as if it weren't true. Well, let that not be said of us in Houghton or around the world as, as Christ's body. Let me pray for us. God, I'm very thankful for the deep love that's yours in Jesus. And I'm also very aware of my own capacity to run away from that love in order to pursue a vision of myself as a righteous and holy person who doesn't need others and who's incapable of uh, doing wrong. So God, we pray that you would uh, soften each heart of the people who are listening here. Make us able to acknowledge our sinfulness and our frailty so that we can state what is obviously true, especially when that's such good news about how the world is changing because of your Son and through the power of your Spirit. It's in that Son's name that we pray. Amen. Well, as always, I'm very thankful to have you along for today. Until tomorrow, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.